TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's the Score North Twin Show. Tap to the right side. Stopped by Kipnis and he fumbles the ball. A run scores. And that might be his first big league hit. It took an extraordinary stop by Kipnis. A run comes in and the tying run now will come to the plate. Is that Lamont that was, Wade, Manny? That was, that was too bad Lamont got a hit because he had that before he came up there he had a he did not have a hit and he had a five hundred on base percentage. Yes. <laughs> First sixteen plate appearances, seven walks and a hit. Ted Williams without the batting average and of power. He, then I think he got another. I think he had eight walks and a hit by pitch in. Uh, he was 500 on base before yeah. he finally got his scratchy little hit. <laughs> yep. He's a great kid, too. I'd like to see him be your fourth outfielder, but uh, the Cave's probably a better athlete. So, well, and you've yeah. got a lot of fourth outfielders right now. Yeah. Uh, that highlight courtesy of Fox Sports North is the Score North First Place Twin Show. Derek Wetmore, Manny Hill, and Patrick Royce with you this afternoon. Yeah, Lamont Wade scratched across his first big league hit, oh. and uh, we're seeing a lot of firsts this season. Uh, Pat, I have not had my first trip to Fenway Park just yet. I've only been to Boston once, and I haven't seen it. You were there pretty recently on a, uh, on a family Yeah, outing. the uh, the Ricey sons, uh, Jim, the lieutenant colonel, who will be returning to Hawaii pretty soon in retirement, and uh, Chris and I decided to spend a couple days in Boston and, uh, and uh, watch the Twins. So Fenway was built in 1912. And it is the greatest geometry in sports. Sure. With the wall and the angle out in right center, little deepest right center, and the bullpen, and then the pesky pole. And so when you're looking forward at this Greens Ward, and then it's fantastic. The rest of that place is a dump, and it <laughs> remains a dump. To go to the men's room is like an excursion. Uh, the concessions are horrible. <laughs> they just sit there. They have this crap sitting under heating lamps. I think they cooked it like at 3 in the afternoon. And it's sitting there drying out. And it's so. And it was built in 1912. And Wrigley was built in 1914. And they both have spent a lot of money. Mm -hmm. All of Fenway's money has been spent to get more people in the stadium and to create more dollars. Advertising spaces. When, uh, they'll, they'll create more dollars of revenue. Okay. Seats here, there, yeah. a beer, you know. Not anything on... Fan comforts or accommodations. Sure. Wrigley, on the other hand, built two years later, has done all kinds of things trying to really maintain it as a shrine to baseball, including outside on the... Uh, now, the one thing is they have uh, more room around yes. Wrigley. Yep. Fenway is just landlocked, basically. Kind of boxed in there. Yeah, they got the turnpike there, so they wouldn't let them build it over that. But uh, they got to build this big plaza out on the other side of the uh, 
the uh, third baseline down there, and they've they've done stuff inside to try to help people enjoy their experience. The Red Sox, all they care about is gouging these poor people for every dollar they can, and they're uh, you know this could be. This is a business operation that uh, it's very interesting. I'm gonna, as I said, I'm gonna have to check out this uh, Sam Kennedy to see uh, if if he might have been the if he might have been the guy, the president of the of the team that got Dabrowski fired sure. for some business well, reason. Assassins leave but their signature. The uh, Red Sox are. Uh, it is. Uh, it was interesting though because on Tuesday they told us we were. Trying to find the proper ticket window, and they told us to uh, go take a right and a right, and go all around the ballpark. And I said, "No, I've been here 80, 90 times. Don't worry, we can go this way. We can go left." Is this like when I tell my girlfriend to put Google Maps yeah, away? Ran into I a dead way. We took about two and a half laps around the entire stadium. Took us about 45 minutes to go 100 feet. <laughs> so it's exactly like what they I tell her to put Google Maps away. changed things a little bit since I was last there. I yeah. haven't been there in seven or eight years. But, uh, so, but it's not nicer, you're saying. It's just different. No, it's well, they, I heard that they found a little more room in the clubhouse. Okay. I didn't take my pass, so I didn't go in the clubhouse. I heard that used to be a disaster for visiting players. Boy, I'm sure it's still is a disaster. Yeah. I've covered World Series in there when you're climbing over each other. Hmm. But it's much worse than Wrigley. Although the visitors clubhouse in Wrigley still stunk when I was there last year. But uh, yeah, Fenway is a, the Red Sox are a money gouging operation, that's for sure. Hmm. Well, spring training. Yep. You know. There's a big $58 difference. $58 for box seats at spring training games instead of Twenty five. Yeah, it's what four miles east on yeah, Daniel's Parkway. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, and they've had nothing but uh, sold out tickets. Yeah, it is interesting though how they're they're now they're up in arms because they're not going to make the playoff. You know, you waited eighty six years <laughs> and now you're mad. You might have to wait one more. Yeah, yeah. you've won you've won four, four World Series since, since you ended your drought. And yeah. four depending and 15 on seasons. Depending yeah. on the health of the lefty, you would be in good shape to win next year's if you come back with that crew. I gotta admit, I'm not the world's biggest rom com fan. Okay. I, you, but Fever Pitch was pretty good. <laughs> I was going to say, you fooled me, Pat. Huh? You could have fooled me, Pat, that you're not the world's biggest rom-com Fever fan. Fever Pitch was pretty good. You've seen that, right? Yep. You know, Jimmy Fallon and I have seen you it. You have was seen Fever Pitch. Pitch. Okay. You know how yeah. surprising it is that Drew I've Barrymore, seen it. Drew Barrymore, uh, it was a, it was really a good scene. Yeah. flick. I, I wrote this uh, Sunday that my favorite scene is... Uh, Lenny, whatever his name is, Lenny Clark, is it? Is the famous Boston. He's one of those local comedic heroes. Okay. Mm -hmm. And he's playing Uncle Carl, right? <laughs> the little yeah. Jimmy Fallon. But it's not whoever's playing the Jimmy Fallon character. In the, and they take a cab back from the game. Or they drive it. They t he takes the kid to his first game and... The kid uh, has got this Red Sox hat on, and he's all excited. He went to his first game, and and he says, as he's getting out of the car, he says, I love the Red Sox. And Uncle Carl says, be careful, kid. They'll break your heart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. And uh, anyway, that was, a, that was, but 
No. You know, I've always had a fondness for ball games in in Fenway, but man, when you're in the stands, it's a hard work. It's sure. hard work. Yeah. It's hard work. Um, Pat, what is your favorite ballpark? I don't know if I've ever asked you this. Probably Pittsburgh. PNC. I really like Pittsburgh. Just everything about you it. You got the view. You can walk from downtown right there, and it's you got the view and the river coming right. Through. And the other nice thing is, it's not full. <laughs> you, know, you got elbow room. Go I like anywhere. ballparks that aren't full. That's not something they put on the postcard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I want to see. So Wrigley's on the list, Fenway, but number one on my list, I think, is Safeco, mm. and then I want to see PNC and Petco. I think that's that's probably my top five. Petco is a weird. It's a nice ballpark. And it's now the only team in town. Yeah. Yeah. And they, you know, they they always, they operate like a small market team. They might be okay here the next couple they of operate, years. Yeah. They, they operate. Manny, in, Eric Hosmer. They operate in a small market, like a small market team. And they're, uh, you know, what, the seventh biggest city in the country or it's something? It's huge. You always there. hear the argument that, well, they're, buttressed by LA and Mexico and they just mm-hmm. don't have that big of a but come on. <laughs> now they got the Padres have that city all to themselves now with the Chargers being in LA. And everybody's got TV money and revenue sharings through the roof. Like baseball's doing great right now. So. I'm nostalgic for my old trips to uh, La Costa with uh, Dark Star at uh, in August, man. We used to go out there to go to Del Mar and you ain't lived until you ate Cholitos with uh, Dark Star at the uh, Highlight Center in Tijuana. <laughs> <laughs> I sense there's more to that story. Well, let's see how much is Highlight. Dark wanted to go to Highlight in, in Tijuana. See how much of it is appropriate wasn't for quite the air. As dangerous then. Uh, no, it was fine. Oh, okay, but, all right. Then you'd, you'd eat at the stand that they had there yeah. with these rock hard Cholitos, which Dark thought were fantastic. <laughs> and okay. uh, and there were so few people there, if you made a bet that you could see the odds change. <laughs> you made a $20 bet that your guy'd go from Eight to one underdog to a two to five <laughs> to favorite. favorite. You know? <laughs> so you were betting against yourself. Now, Pat, did you ever... Well, you probably covered the All-Star game when it was at the old Jack Murphy. Yes, out there yes, in San yes, Diego. Yes. What was that? Because I mean, it was more so built for football, obviously. Yeah, but. I mean, it wasn't a bad. It was a circle one, but mm-hmm. it was it was it wasn't bad. I I liked for it. baseball. Was still yeah, I was solid. out there when uh, TK won it in ninety two. Ninety two, yeah. yeah. I covered that game, and uh, that was uh, when Glavin they pounded Glavin for what like eight hits and mm-hmm. one in the third mm-hmm. innings or something because TK said. All right, boys, take the ball to right field. Yeah, so he's going to hit the outside half on the right-handed instead hitters. Instead of complaining about that pitch, <laughs> do something. <laughs> ball, <laughs> hit it the opposite way. They knocked the hell out of him. Boy, so, they man. had one that would have made even uh, Glavin and Maddox blush over the weekend, Pat. The ball wow. that was six and a half inches outside on C.J. Crone and Laz Diaz rung him up. Oh, is that the one that, yeah, they, he, is that the one Nelly got thrown out? Yes, of? it is. You can't uh, you can't expand the zone. Even the great ones couldn't expand it that much. <laughs> it was that bad. Huh? Laz, oh, well, somebody uh, was it so told bad. me? Huh? I said, why is Laz Diaz so bad? I don't know. I, I don't, don't know that C.J. Crone could have reached that You know, that he's pitch. a Cuban defector. Is he? Laz, I, I think that. he's a defector. Okay. I don't think he's was raised in this country. I think he defected. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was raised, but 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 he's 
I think he was a minority. I think he had a reputation as an international umpire. Oh. I, maybe I'm wrong, but okay. and this good umpire, I like him. But he isn't very good at balls and strikes, <laughs> well, that's for sure. I'm Ask Manny. I'm the last but guy to get But he doesn't worry about the... He's one of them. I think most of them worry about the box. He I doesn't worry about he the does. grades. He just, he just calls them the way he used he just, to. It's like, yeah, that's, that's when my strike zone's well, always been. Nelson Cruz from the dugout. He's not. He's yeah. hurt. He's not going to play in the game. But he was like, that's terrible. I was, he started barking enough to get yeah. himself tossed yeah, out of the game. Yeah, he was sitting on the bed. He was... He was he wasn't on the railing. Apparently, he was standing up. But he, was, he might have been in the clubhouse and run out to get those words in. Well, somebody told Diaz's me that they, uh, they asked him about it, getting thrown out, and he said, Did you see that pitch? <laughs> <laughs> he said, that bad? Did you see that pitch? Oh, it was. I, I don't get on and I don't rail about umpires all that often, and that uh, umpiring crew had a tough weekend. Manny, you love sending out that... Uh, that video of the Levon Hernandez. Oh yeah, the, <laughs> the, the air Greg. The one the, air Greg. the ball. <laughs> Would have hit a guy in the other batter's yeah. box. Three, three feet outside of the plate, <laughs> man. Oh, it was poor Fred McGriff. I told no you shot. guys I covered that game, and we got Eric to come in. He thought we were going to talk about Levon's great performance. <laughs> Everybody said. Eric, what in the hell? <laughs> he probably he thought very, that was going to be remembered as the Levon Hernandez game. He got very offended. No, it was the Eric Gregg game, as I recall. That's his son that's the PR guy for Boston. No kidding. Yeah, oh, Kevin. really? Kevin, yeah. Maybe so we'll don't have to mention have, that game. Maybe we'll have to have him on the show to talk about what the heck's going on. <laughs> don't mention that game to, uh, <laughs> to Kevin if he's around. I'll keep it quiet when the Red Sox are in town. Hey, Kevin, can you help me get an interview with such and such? And by the way... That game, your old man umpire, was the worst I ever saw. In my life. Probably not getting that interview. <laughs> no, it's just it's just crazy because you you watch the it's on YouTube the the highlights of basically all of Levon's strikeouts in that game. He had, I think what seventeen or fifteen or something like that in that game, and and a few of them can, were deserved. Yeah, but but then you watch some of them that were called third strikes, and you're thinking some like the third inning, and you're like, oh god, these guys got no shot. That wouldn't fly today. Mark, Mark Lemke, he's got no shot. They couldn't hit him with a row the boat paddle. They couldn't. <laughs> you know? They wouldn't have flown. I wouldn't have flown today. Somebody would have got Brett Gardner. or Somebody would have gotten tossed in the second inning before that got out of hand. Well, somebody from Major League Baseball might have summoned him over. Yeah, that's hey. right. Anyway, Tighten but that's the up. game. Well, you know, that was the old. That's my strike zone. Yeah. yeah. But in that case, everybody knew it was absurd. <laughs> we don't have that a lot anymore. <laughs> yep. Um, hey, Pat, I want to talk to you about uh, Rockable Deli and the job that he's done in his first year and kind of just big picture state of the Twins. Because we had our freak out in hour one about the sky is falling, Michael Pineda, Byron Buxton, and on and on. Uh, the Twins still might win 100 games this year. and it's an, How many they got now? Uh, they are up to 88, I believe, after 88. The, uh, Saturday's win. Yep. And they got 19 left, right? Yep. Okay. And so we'll see. I mean, they'll be close because they got some patsies coming up on the schedule. Anyways, the point that I want to get to is in the most Minnesota way that I can use this word in both a compliment and a derogatory statement. It's been interesting this season mm-hmm. at Target Field. So I want to get to that next. Our All guest right. is Patrick Royce, the Score North first place twin show live from Bombasota, the land of 10,000 rakes. Let's bat around some banter. Twins. Twins. The Score North Twin Show on Score North and scorenorth.com. Driven to right field. Puig can't 
get it. The game is tied. Arise around second. On his way to third, he'll be held with Crone absolutely smashing a first pitch double. That highlight, courtesy of Fox Sports North. Dick Bramer on the call. This is the Score North First Place Twin Show with Derek Wetmore, Manny Hill, and Patrick Royce in today for our good friend Rami Makloff, mutual friend Rami Makloff. And uh, <laughs> I saw you feral, call him Robbie on Twitter. Feral. I, saw, I, saw, I saw you refer to him as Robbie, Robbie on Twitter, yes, which shows uh, how close you guys are. No, I uh, that's that was a shtick for the <laughs> yeah. first week. Like he three was weeks. On. Yeah. We, we, Thanks, we Randall. Called him a different name. Hey, Robbie. <laughs> really good, Ronnie, Reggie. Ronnie, you're doing a good. <laughs> You're doing a good job there. We really Rebby. appreciate it. Yeah. And anyway. I am, uh, Pat, I'm curious. I think he's a pretty good guy. Rami is a great guy. Rami's a good guy. Yeah. And, you know, I, I wouldn't go to him for baseball advice, but uh, and he's a pretty good guy. Uh, he's the driver of the Bomba bus, so plenty of people have been going to him for baseball advice this summer. Okay. Um, don't go to him for an opinion on whether stadiums should be roofed or not. He'll just give you no. a bunch of nonsense. Yeah, well, he's going to start gaining momentum again. After that month of wonderful weather, it uh, looks like uh, he could get a little frosty. Well, here. he's got to make hay while the sun shines, <laughs> yes. that's for sure. Uh, actually, the opposite of that. Yes. Hey, uh, Rocco Baldelli, he's in year one. We talked about Dave Dombrowski's ouster in Boston and how it, how weird it is that the Red Sox are like, you're fired, don't ask us any questions, okay, goodbye. Um, it was a little strange, similarly, although I think we kind of all understood, when the Twins dismissed Paul Molitor after winning AL Manager of the Year and they brought in their guy, Rocco Baldelli. Uh, I didn't know what to expect out of Rocco Pat from his first press conference through spring training. I, I had no idea. Um, what do you think about the first-year manager and the job he's done at the helm of uh, the Twins? First of all, I don't think that we all did understand uh, what they were doing, but that in retrospect, we do because, uh, again, I think it's Paul was fine with analytics. Yeah. He just wasn't psychotic about it. And, and they... I think there's also the thing... The the old idea of a money the manager being an authority figure in the organization it's gone is you know you're you know you're not hey I'm the manager I make out the lineup you you do you are the manager and you make out the lineup but here is a really good idea on yes, how it yes, might look now. Yes. He doesn't change his all that much, right? I mean, the, the only for injuries when and the guys play, yeah. yeah. Anyway, I will say a couple of things. He's, I, I think he's good. I, I, you know, it's when he makes a pitching change, it's not like him jumping up compulsively and going out and taking him out. He's got West and he's got Shelton, and I think Shelton's really a neat guy. And if the Twins got a run here, he could get a managing managerial job. Yeah, but it's. It's completely different than what I've always... It's been an adjustment watching it in action, this, you know, collaborative effort that uh, you see... You swallowed hard for that one. You know, you see uh, (laughs) that the manager has to be part of. The manager has to... When the guys, you know, Mike Shosha, when the guy's walking around with the iPads, tell them to get the hell out of the clubhouse. You You can't do that anymore. There's stuff going on in there before we ever get in there. Oh yeah, of people walking around and distributing advice, and 
they got guys that are in uniform uh, at times uh, that are walking around who never played baseball. They're, so it's been an all adjustment. But Rocco, I think those those post game quotes we get from him, the Mister Positive, Mister Boring, Mister No Information, is not really him. That is a caricature that how they want their manager presented. I think, you know, he's a 38-year-old bachelor. He's, uh, I think he, he's probably had a good time, gone out and had a good time in his life and enjoyed cities and, uh, and stuff like that. I think he's, uh, I don't think that what we see on the camera is who he is. And, uh, and in fact, only three or four times I've been able to poke my head in there and say, Hey, I got a couple of questions. Can you, and he'll see, he's fine. Yeah. And he'll give you a decent, he'll give you a good answer. Yeah. yeah. When the TV, when it's the, when it's the pregame or postgame interviews, they're going to appear on, appear on television. It's, it's a different shit. It's a scripted but show. Yeah. I don't think anybody can complain about, you know, I'm all in on this catcher thing. You know, Garver and Castro and playing them half the time and keeping them fresh. And even though Garver's hit 29 home runs, you know. Anyway, I think he's he's good. I got the manager of the year ballot. Now, last night, yesterday, I did announce that if Sano was available to hit and he let Ryan Lamar hit with the tying run on base, then I was then he was off the ballot. He was not going to be in the top three. <laughs> not even a final. <laughs> if, if, if there's not a reason that Sano didn't hit here, if it was just, yeah. I forgot, sure. uh, I wouldn't have voted for him. But yeah, I, I think he's good. I, I like him. I like him, even though the... You know what else I like about him? What's that? It's if you're in a hurry and you're on deadline... You don't have to worry about stopping to get his quotes. <laughs> you can go right into the clubhouse because <laughs> you're not going to miss anything. <laughs> you're not sure. going to miss anything. Now, once in a while, you need an update on whether who's hurt, who's not. But the he thing, doesn't even do a good job of that. The but. thing that I've really noticed about him, Pat, is how out of his way he goes to support everyone that he perceives oh, yes. to be on his team. And that's that's what they want. Yes. That's, yes. that's not only him. That's what they want. That's what modern... You know what? It's not only modern baseball. It's modern sports. Yep. Entertainment. And we're watching business. it in town here. Yep. The the Timberwolves non-press conference to introduce Gerson was the new way the teams want to present themselves to the public. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And... I'll say this, watching Rocco in action, watching what the Timberwolves have tried to present in the wake of Tibbs has given me a better understanding of what Flex up to. Yes. He's he's just on hyperdrive. I can't stand it. (laughs) Yeah. He drives me crazy. Oh, it's the same thing. He's running around like a ballet dancer on the sideline in a yellow tutu, but I got a better idea of what he's uh, trying to do. And I was really, I wouldn't say I was softening on him, but I was becoming neutral until he 
until I read the Batman story, and then I had to, you know, the, then I had to sort of go back and say, okay, he's an idiot. But, uh, but this is modern sports, which is interesting to me. This whole positive, yeah, positive, 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 and it's yep. probably corporate America. Yep, yep, that's right. And yet. This is the most hateful, divided country in the history of the country. That's right. Which is interesting. That's right. Politically, it's it's the most spiteful, hateful, I can't stand you, you can't stand me. Yeah. So nobody's trying to present that politically, but in sports. It's all marketing. In sports, it's all it's, marketing. It's all yes. how you present yourself. It's all what you said in your last tweet. It is, uh, yeah, it's fascinating to me that teams have taken over this as but, okay, a way gotta, to be savvy business people. I got to ask you a question. Yes. You're officially a millennial? That is correct. Do you not, because uh, people have been trying to tell this to me, and I've been trying to figure it out. So, does your generation not want some boss? I mean, none of us want a boss to get mad at and scream at us, sure, or give us hell, or chew us out. But we understand. Does your does the millennial generation feel that this should not be done? Feel that the spin? That, that, that 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 kind of approach should not be taken. That someone should approach you. In a negative manager and sure. tell you to get your head where the out of where the sun doesn't shine. Preferably to you know where what the I'm sun saying? is shining. Yeah. Somebody was telling me that. I said, it's it's because, you know, I was trying to discuss this with a guy who, a 50-year-old guy, but he deals yeah. with. Sure, sure. He deals with 25-year-old people and, and, and how the approach has had to change because so, your generation has... For a want of a better word, be taught yeah. to be more respectful in their criticism, less less accepting of critical feedback. I yes, would say. that's the word. So, that's so, what I, so this is this is true. Less me, accepting of critical. Feedback. That's true. Uh, Very good phrasing. That's thank what you. I was trying to say. Um, that's my millennial education speaking. Um, so I'm in my late twenties, but yeah. I would say that a lot of people take me for older than that having just met me they, they wouldn't guess well they meet you you're boring so yes that's right exactly <laughs> i wear pad i just got a sweater with elbow pads this yes, weekend right. it's over for me <laughs> oh you got one yeah huh? that's right so i look at this and i say i am of the generation but i don't exactly fit in and my observation of my peers is that they don't want any critical feedback but i think the more advanced uh millennials mm. just want it fed to them in a different way yeah that's criticize me that's fine that's what i'm getting at yep. criticize me that's fine don't undress me in public and belittle me so in cool other words if rocco were to but i'd be I offended if rocco I lied about me. rocco's not a yelling and calling anybody in his office i don't think he's yelled since he took at him the job. anyway he might be calling him in and telling me you're disappointed in them yeah i but, think that when a guy misses a cutoff man he invites him into the office after the game and says let's talk about that why did you mm-hmm. throw it to a different spot Instead of feeling attacked or accused mm-hmm. or berated and have to read your name in the press, yeah. he hears it straight from the manager first. Mm-hmm. I, I would guess. I've never yes. been in one of those meetings. But I do think, when I said earlier... But Pat, athletes would seem to be... No, they're not immune to this. 
Athletes are hypersensitive. More immune to that. No, nope. maybe not. I don't think so. I look at a guy, uh, you know, a young player today in a baseball clubhouse is just a millennial with athletic ability. I, I think that's true. Yeah, that's, when I said well, that, this might be the approach. That when I said um, that, I don't think we were all too shocked after the fact that Mueller got let go. I was surprised at the time, but what I was talking about when I said we all kind of understood it, it's three things: it's analytics, it's wanting to have the final say, uh, the the power sort of dispersed around yes. and and not in the manager's chair, and then it's one thing that Thad Levine said during the introductory press conference to Rocco Baldelli. He wanted a way of connecting with today's player. Today's yeah. player, he said, and that stuck in my head as an operative phrase that mm-hmm. Max Kepler is a little bit differently wired than Harmon Killebrew mm-hmm. or even than Tory Hunter. And I think that that is something that uh, Rocco spends a lot of attention and time thinking about is how will Max Kepler receive this and, and, phrase. But, but I think part of that is also... Maybe less willing to see a manager or a coach as an authority figure. I agree with that. Yeah, you know, I think we have a tr- I think we have a problem with authority yeah. figures, and yeah. and and that's not a good thing or a bad thing necessarily. I think it has negative consequences at times. But yeah, I think that uh, I see a lot of my friends and peers and athletes are no different as they don't want Tibbs screaming at them. They'll if somebody gave you the same message in a nicer way. They would have said, okay, yeah, you're right. I probably do need to close out harder. No wonder the ride with Ricey failed, Manny. I was too <laughs> negative with you and Reaver saying, what the hell are you doing? Come on. But here's, I guess here's my question. That's not on, true, I'm, by the way. <laughs> here's my question on, I'm kind of jumping sports here. How, because I, I totally believe everything that we've just said here, but how does then in contrast, how does Nick Saban do this? Yeah. Because he's, you look at him and he's, Screaming and barking at he's screaming and barking at his coaches. The people that play for Nick Saban signed up for that. Sure. It's a different kind of person. Not every player could go. They know what they're getting into. Yeah. You know, hey, I got a chance at the national title game and I'm gonna get screamed at for a couple of years and then I might go to the Fifteen of us in this class in this room right now, a freshman are gonna get drafted. Yep, we're gonna get drafted in the first round. Yeah. Somewhere in the round. But it's 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 amazing because you it's it is like kind of a gift. Like that's where like I kind of give Nick Saban a lot of credit because you look at other guys that are like that, that are screamers and yellers, and it just he we've gone. seen the, we've seen it just wears thin. Well, on especially yeah, young you know, players. you know, in retrospect, you got to know that Tibbs and Cat were never going to yeah. work, even though Tibbs never ripped anybody publicly, right? The, but he did rip him well. He ripped them when they ran up and down the floor, but uh, <laughs> yeah, with the microphones but, on. But Cat yeah. is a, yeah. if, if if my observation of a young millennial is millennial is Cat. Cat yeah. is a very sensitive guy. There's a, there's rugs, a different way to get off everything. Him. Game is over. You know, I'm not going to sit here and pout. Mm-hmm. I might pout for four minutes, but then by the time gonna... the media's in, it's the next game. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, there's a different way to communicate with, yeah. with him. Yeah. I think that your observation is right. I think that Cat is a millennial, and I think that yeah. there is this um, almost how, obstinate How far path. back does that generation go? I think the official cutoff's like 84, 85, something like that. I was born Boy, you guys are hogging a big part of the population. Yep, that's there. right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when does the, the new generation start then? Is uh, there another turn one? Turn of the century, is that right? Like uh, Gen Z? Gen is, Z is, I 
thought Gen Z is like late 90s, isn't it? Because I think my yeah. younger brother is Gen Z. You know Gen what? Z. Generations are supposed to be 20 years. Look it up. They're supposed to be 20 years. You guys make them about 12 now. 83? <laughs> yeah. I'll, go, I'll give you 83 to 03 then, if that's what, uh, if that's what the cutoff is. But okay. yeah, I think Carl Anthony Towns is a perfect example of somebody who is needs constructive feedback and is not very good at and receiving it. And probably going to ignore it. Yeah, yes. yeah, not very good at receiving it. Like, Such as, play defense! Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't Stop want Stop chasing it. blocks all the time, cat. Uh, <laughs> well, it got him drafted. You know, yeah, that's, that's, that, that is part of it, Patrick. Is this, this, there's always been this um, sort of defiance in a ball player who, hey, I got through here. Look at Dan Gladden's story. I got through here because I worked my you-know-what off, and mm-hmm. I, I don't necessarily... You could scream at Gladdy, but he right back. He might scream right back. Scream back. And, and but but I guess what I'm trying to paint the picture of is this like self confidence bordering on insanity of you can't tell me what to do. I think today's yeah. generation has that, and it's calmer. It's uh, you don't know what you're talking about. You got a boss that you don't like, and it's not the it's not your fault as a millennial that yeah. they are telling you something wrong. Yeah. It's that boss doesn't know how to talk to me. I think that's a problem with the generation, mm-hmm. and it affects ball players too. But also, and I don't think you solve it like we used to when we had a battle with our boss. You want to go have a go drink? Go get a drink. Door? Let's, right. go, yeah, let's go to right. Luigi's. Come on. But also, right. Pat, T- TK wasn't much Save of a, a few. TK wasn't much of a screamer. I don't imagine. No, right? but he would call a guy in and. And address their faults in a candid manner. <laughs> that is something that I think Rocco does that we don't see. Sure. Yeah. I think that is something behind closed doors. I wonder doors. if he ever does it in a negative way. I think so. I think oh. that you might get Eddie Rosario to sit down there and say, why do you play like this? Yeah. You know, what, yeah, are, what, are, you, are, you, what are you doing? Yeah. Well, I think it was one of the high-ranking Twins officials had the quote on uh, Eddie the other night. Uh, um, somebody said about that. boy. Well, how about how could a guy make that play? I don't know when he took the ball off the wall and turned away. around and one hopped it, and he mm. said, "Well, he's experienced at overthrowing the cutoff man." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it worked out okay for him. I would never on get that in one. print though. <laughs> no. Rocco would never say that. No, Gardy might have said that. Gardy might have said that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just it's a it's an interesting relationship. Uh, it kind of does cut both ways. I take an old man's break here. Do it, Patrick. We will. Uh, we will welcome you right back to the Score North First Place Twin Show on the other side of this. When uh, when Patrick gets back from his old man break, I do want to talk more about Byron Buxton. What could be next for him? What it means for the Twins in 2019, and what it means for the Twins going forward. This is the Score North First Place Twin Show live from Bombasota, the land of 10,000 rakes. In 9920. Score North Twin Show. Have you guys ever wondered what it's like to be a twin? On Score North and scorenorth.com. All right. Score North download time as we prepare for one final segment of the Score North First Place Twin Show here in just a moment. And uh, Manny Hill here with you. It's 144. And this download is a reminder to join Jonathan Harrison and Dan Terhar this Wednesday night for Score North's coverage of Minnesota United and the Houston Dynamo with pregame at 7, and they'll kick things off at 7.30 right here on Score North on AM 1500, the Score North mobile app, and scorenorth.com. And a reminder that that Score North mobile app is indeed free. So be sure to download that if you have not done that already. That's your Score North download, and now back to the Score North Twin Show for one final segment. Thank you, Manny. 
Scoring our first place twin show live from Bombasota, the land of 10,000 rakes. Patrick's back from his break, and I wanted to talk to you, Patrick, about Byron Buxton. Because, okay, Dave Dombrowski's out in Boston. I'm mad, but whatever. Uh, we talked about great ballparks, and we talked about millennial culture and Rocco Baldelli. Uh, fascinating discussion so far today, but I, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about a guy who's... Um, present is very much in question, and the future outlook changes a little bit now. The report in your paper, the Minneapolis Star Tribune, from Phil Miller said that shoulder surgery is a possibility, and the way the story was cast, it was more like a likelihood. Yeah, I think for, it's a likelihood. For yeah. Byron Buxton going to see Dr. Neil Alatrash, who is a, uh, you know. He does all the shoulders, He does right? the big ones. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I believe the story said Tom Brady is on that list, Clayton Kershaw, and, uh, of course, our own Glenn Perkins. Well, I would say on Byron Buxton, uh, the decision is made next season. Yeah. If he does not play 130 games, if he gets hurt three times and is on the DL, you uh, you know, in fact, you can make that decision halfway through the year. If somebody wants him, let him have him. Wow. You know? Go that I far. Mean, I mean, for a trade, I can't mess with him. I, I can't, you know, next year's his last chance with me as a as if I'm a running a baseball team, which is unlikely. Uh, <laughs> but I I think it's uh it's his last chance, don't you? I think that it's so difficult. He's twenty seven. I know it's he's twenty six. I think, but uh, well, he will be twenty seven next year. You know. Right? Yeah, he's a December birthday, right? I'm not. Um, sure. I think he's a December birthday, but but that I mean that's not really that important. Twenty six or twenty seven. What's important to me is he's been on the scene for how many years now, and the story is still question mark. That's what's maddening about it. Like if he just had a bad year here, Pat. And it was injury wrecked, and it was a repeat of 2018. You'd say to yourself, "Okay, that's a sad story, but that's the story." Unfortunately for the Twins and for Byron, he was great when he was healthy and available. And now again, we're seeing a season wiped short or cut three short. Three times on the DL since June 15th. Three different, uh, three different ailments. I, I don't know. You just, you know, at some point, you know, if he goes somewhere else and he's a superstar. And if he gets hurt again next year and he goes somewhere else, more luck to him. But uh, you know, more power to him. But you can't you can't mess with him. My prediction: two thousand twenty-one, Jorge Polanco in left field, Royce Lewis in center field. Wow. Okay. That's, <laughs> wow. Really? I I you know they they did uh, put Lewis out there, uh, and I think in the fall league they're going to have him play some outfield. Too. Sure. And he was drafted as you weren't sure if he was a center field yeah. or shortstop, and the Twins said shortstop. shortstop I think they got to start. You know, they're looking around and saying, okay, we got a lot of outfielders, but none of them are center fielders, right? No, yeah. I, I mean, mean, Rooker and Larnick. And Larnick. Kirilov, These are Kirilov. corner guys with big bats. Mm-hmm. I wonder, yeah, I, I just, uh, I, I don't know. It's too bad. It's, you know, see, here's my theory. Sure. He doesn't have enough offense, although he did have a lot of doubles. He doesn't have enough offense to be irreplaceable he doesn't hit well enough to be irreplaceable like Ooh. kepler's irreplaceable yes uh Nelson Cruz because is of the production but, but no he's, he's a young player you oh know? you mean going forward yeah yeah kepler's irreplaceable uh buxton is not he is not gonna ever you know 
hit 25 home runs, drive in 80, uh, you know, he's not going to do that. I, I think he think. does the defensive equivalent of that, though. Yeah, he does. I you know. know. It's great. But, yeah, these guys have shown you how much they care about defense, yeah. fielding. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's we'll, sure. we'll catch half of them. That's Let's go. Come sure. on. Hit them in the air. Sometimes more than land in a glove. You know, (laughs) sometimes they'll catch more than half of them. Our boys are the wild pitch kings of America. Yeah, they're up to sixty-two now, I think. And they're trying to go uh, hit a home run for every pass ball. (laughs) I was just going to say half the balls are going over the fence anyway. Yeah, right. I uh, yeah, that's true. Although, and this is another topic. a uh, some high-ranking baseball people in the Twins operation told me that. This humidor for the baseballs is serious. Okay. For next year. That every park would have something to suppress home runs. Yes, which is, to me, is ridiculous. Who's complaining except sports writers? (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Who's complaining except sports writers? And Goose Gossage, but he's always got something to be mad at. Yeah, old ballplayers. Who's complaining except us in this room? Yeah. (laughs) I'm good with that. Hey, the Twins should be campaigning against it because they're not exactly run creators. Yeah, yeah. You know, so... uh, of course, if they had Buxton, they might create more. But it's, uh, what's the number? Twenty some stolen bases, right? And like all of them are Buxton, basically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah I don't know. It's a tough one. I I don't know what the answer. I is. I know that you have to give him a long term deal this winter. Obviously, you're not going to oh, do God, that with how no. it's gone. My no. point is, you said you have to decide, or you'd like to decide, maybe by next. No, summer. no. I mean, if at this point next year, yeah, he was on the DL three more times and missed forty percent of the season. Yep. Sorry. Yep. Not going to work. Because he's, you can't, you know, his value is being a center fielder. Yeah. And if he, every, you know, if he's, you know, getting, hitting a wall or tripping or. Yeah. In that sense. Or whatever. It's, it's, you know, some guys are brittle. It's not because he's soft. Right. That's, he's. Might have maybe he didn't drink enough milk when he was a kid. His body's uh, yeah. his body has uh, failed him at a lot of turns, yeah. and uh, his we should say too his body's moving faster when it hits the wall yes, than most that's guys. True. That's true. Uh, I, I, I like him a lot, but yeah. uh, you know you can't just spend your whole life waiting for a guy. That's and right. I got a problem with the third baseman too. The production's great, but there's if I'm the opposition and I have a good right-handed hitter on the pitcher on the, on the on the mound, and it's the eighth inning, and they're tying runs on third base with one out. You like your chance. Miguel Sano's the guy I want coming to the plate. Yeah, yeah. I want for the other team. I want to pitch. He's trying to, to him. score two, not one. I want to pitch to him. Yeah, you know, God love him. The OPS and all that crap is great, but uh, if he's playing third base too, I want my guys <clears throat> to hit the ball to him. Isn't he playing first next year? I don't think Crone's back. Do you? Probably, probably not. Really. Mm-hmm. He really well, fell off, I thought. A well, couple months ago, I would have said, yeah, they might CJ think back. about it, but huh? he's just... He I, hurt his thumb, but yeah. yeah, I think that's part of it. I might take CJ back and give it one more go with Sanoa at third base. But yeah. I hear what you guys are saying. Manny, you were going to say something on Buxton uh, before I think we kind of got off the... Well, I, I just, with him, it's... The tough thing with him is that it's not just him crashing into walls. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, it's just, everything, really. You know, he, he was it in... Cleveland, where he dove for that ball, coming was in, running for it, dove for it, and smacked his head against and the grass, and got you know. I mean, it's just like one of those things where he can't. I mean, we could tell him, okay, Buxton, Byron, don't 
don't go crashing into that wall at 150 miles an hour. They've told him but, that. Yeah, and, they, and he could stop doing that, but it's like the other things, can he avoid catching some sort of injury another way, running on the base pads, <clears throat> diving for a ball? I mean, And Manny, the first time you don't catch that ball, people are saying he should have caught that ball. Yeah. You know? That They're ball. pretty good at ignoring outside criticism, I've found. But I do. the Twins have talked with Byron about the idea of possibly reining it in. And uh, I don't know that you can. I no. don't know that no, that I is mean, something you gotta, that you can solve. I don't buy it. If you gotta, I mean, if you're being stupid about it, if the ball's going to hit eight feet up on that right field, <laughs> right center field and scoreboard, he, he does. And he runs and into still the ball. run up and run around the ball, then you're just stupid. But if you got a chance to catch the ball, you know, if you got a a 40% chance to catch the ball, you know, that's what you do. Yeah, I... I know it's not possible. I know you can't do this. And Thad Levine joined the Score North Twin Show a couple of weeks ago and basically said as much that if you try to rein a guy in, are you compromising what makes him great? And I know it's not like this. This is such a video game mentality, but this is what I would try to do is, hey... If you have to lay out or crash into the wall, I'd rather you not catch the ball and it goes for a double and we lose this game than you miss the next four weeks because you separated your shoulder. Uh, you've been around Judd too often. No, no, no. This um, isn't a Judd theory. Judd. Too this- much Judd. <laughs> <laughs> Judd has permeated this entire station. No, no. I, I know what you're saying. This is We come at this from different ways, but we wind up at the same conclusion. I think you'd rather have... A guy who covers more yeah, ground than well, anybody then tomorrow out there. Tomorrow he sprains his ankle. So what the hell? Well, that's see, that's kind of my that's thing. The is, problem. Is, Slides into second and breaks something. It's you know? that. That's my thing. Is like I said before. If if he could not crash into walls anymore and get himself hurt that way, it it just it feels like somehow, some way, he's going to find himself on the IL because it just migraine. He can't. Yeah, migraine. He can't, he can't avoid teeth. Broken toe. But yeah, yeah, it's concussions. It's it's a long mm. list, and I don't know that there is an easy you answer. Know, in in America, the United States of America, there are seventy three year old fat asses walking around who are healthy, <laughs> and there's fifty year old weightlifters who are sick. Yeah, it's the way it goes. Some yeah. people are lucky with. All that stuff, and some people aren't. And, and you, you know, turn I, your I don't think I don't think it makes him a weaker human being. Not I at think all. It's just no the way it is. Can you turn your luck? Is he due for a healthy season here? Well, Molitor, <laughs> you know, later on in his career, never missed a game after missing dozens, yeah. missing three seasons worth. Maybe basically. maybe Byron just got all his career's injuries out of the way in about three seasons, mm-hmm. <laughs> and now I he's going to so. be okay. Well, either that else. Uh, let's see. Last year, he allegedly weighed twenty, uh, gained twenty five pounds. Maybe we should have him gain fifty this time and uh, show up. Byron, let's put your play show weight up, up to looking like Jose Maharis. I gotta say, guys, I was nervous when he told us this winter at Twins Fest that he added twenty two pounds, so that when he crashed into walls, there was more padding. Yes, right. I thought maybe yeah. just stop crashing into walls altogether. It, then. It's really too bad though, because yeah. he's healthy. Damn, is he fun to watch? That's the thing yeah. that I Especially said is so mad. He hits one into the gap. I well, mean. I still get the, the Hicks. Hicks, one of the greatest catches ever. He robbed the Twins. Blah blah blah. Buxton wouldn't have catches died. in his back pocket. Caught it. 
Yeah, he does. And, and when they hit it, and when it was hit, you would have said, Boxing's Boxing's got that one. He's going to catch He makes the game so different for pitchers for the rest of the fielding. And if he adds a hit once in a while, it's gravy. That's why, if it, like I said, if 2019 was just a repeat of 18, constantly hurt, never available, fewer than 100 plate appearances, you'd just be like, all right, well, that's his story then, huh? 2019 showed flashes of greatness in between flashes of injury. He is why Derek Wetmore and Patrick Royce, he is why I miss the double in Major yes. League Baseball. Sir. What yeah, do you he have? He has uh, like almost 30, 30 right? 30, yeah, he's, yeah, I think 30 at 30 least. playing a yeah. half a season. He was chasing yeah. the Twins record. He is there. why I miss the double. Yeah, baseball. but he cheats. If the ball lands... It's a double. That's right. He right is the, fa- he is the fastest guy I've ever seen on a baseball field. He's yeah. unbelievable. Amazing. Yeah. It's too bad. We'll see what happens. Uh, technically, I suppose they're getting a second opinion, but the word is from the Star Tribune that well, this could be. Well, even if you know, if they say, "Okay, rehab it," it's it's over for this year. Season-ending labrum surgery for Byron Buxton is expected, but we'll let you know this week on the Score North First Place Twin Show. Today, it's been uh, Derek Wetmore and Manny Hill, Patrick Royce. Thanks for joining. Yes, sir. This was a fun show, and we'll do it again tomorrow. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the sleep number bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.